You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, smrnation.com. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. Welcome back to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio. We're alongside my wife each and every week. Each and every week, baby. We try to go where the SMR Nation wants to go because what we want to do is speak to what is going on with them. And what can we do to help you? How can we frame conversations? What's better questions? Sometimes that's the best way to go, isn't it? What's a better question? Just what's a better yeah. question? Yeah. We get twisted when in When we're facing mind. some problems and, and we're trying to adjust to what comes up. Because apparently, um, we've got at least uh, a couple of people that are really on the ball. Because last week when I made a comment about, hey, come join us at the SMR Getaway mm-hmm. coming up next year in Indianapolis. Registration's going on right. now at smrnation.com forward slash getaway. Um, Jessica quickly caught that I said, come join us June 23rd through the 25th, 2021. Wrong year. And so she's recommending that we get there via the DeLorean from um, <laughs> Back to the Future. Back to the Future, <laughs> which if that's the case, let's go take care of a few other things from the past. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we can right some wrongs and place some wagers and So it's 2022. Exactly. It's 2022. 2022 in Indy. Come join us. Registration is going on now. Uh, there's people already joining. Uh, Space is limited. It's going to be a fantastic uh, for three days. Yes. Spill over into the fourth if you want to hang out and just relax with your spouse or yes. anybody else that's hanging out as well. Um, and also if what we're asking you to do is if you like what's going on here, um, let us know. Spread the word. Jump yeah. on iTunes, rate and review, leave a comment, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, however it is you listen. And then let us know by calling us 214-702-9565, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. And you can even record a memo and email it if you got a question or a comment that you want us to cover. Because we want your voice. Yeah, uh, We want to have a, a dialogue with you as the nation because you've helped us get all the way this far. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot more still to come. That's right. So coming up on today's regular free version of Sexy Marriage Radio is a conversation I got to have with Dr. Emily Jamia. She was on in the past when we were talking about the idea of the optimal sexual experiences. Mm-hmm. She's done some research on that and the yeah. whole aspect of flow and being in the zone. And and so I invited her back because I wanted to have a, a conversation about something she wrote where it's an all too common problem that we hear from people um, that was the idea of I just can't get my mind off of all these other things. Yeah. When it comes to trying to transition into sex or be involved in sex or just in times being involved with my own life. Yeah, exactly. That yeah. It's the, the distracted mind where I just can't turn my mind off. Well, that, I mean, that's sex. That's anything, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, gosh, even when I get to work, I have a hard time turning my mind off of personal stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we yeah. have a conversation just specifically about um, how does that equate to our sex lives uh, okay. being engaged and vibrantly involved Great. in it? Uh, and then on the extended content today, which is deeper, longer, and there are no ads, you can subscribe at smrnation.com forward slash smracademy. Um, I pose an idea to her. I kind of spring it on her. I gave her a little bit of a heads up, but mm-hmm. it's, I wanted to get her take because as a female clinician, 
Let's tackle the whole idea of when the wife is the higher desire. But she went away. I wasn't expecting her to go. All that's coming up on today's show. Well, I'm excited to welcome back a guest that uh, has been on before with Sexy Marriage Radio, Dr. Emily Jamia. And you were on before, Emily, where we talked about just the optimal sexual sexual experiences. Yes. Because you kind of had a slant, and especially some of your research that mm-hmm. you've done, which is what it, where, how I found you, was yeah. I love that, you know, I guess the, the layman's way to think about it is that the positive psychology <laughs> towards sex, right? <laughs> of, exactly. Of, of the let's, same principles. Let's do it from the positive side. Right. Um, and so this time I wanna, I'm want i bringing you in, uh, I guess we're coming at it from the opposite of that a little bit, where let's talk about some of the different problems yeah. that, uh, that couples often have or that you for sure see as well when it comes to their sex lives and just their marriage, because I think these are all interchangeable in some ways. Mm-hmm. And, and where I want to go with you this time, Emily, is um, this whole idea of, uh, I'm going to paint a scenario real quick. Okay. Okay, just to kind of help set the stage, and that way the members of the SMR Nation can kind of know where we're going with this. So this is a couple that's been married for a while. Um, they, they've got a, what they would deem a pretty good, if not even moments of great, relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's good. There's really no major issues. Sex happens occasionally. Sometimes, you know, obviously the higher desire may want a little more frequency or a yeah. little more quality or variety or whatever the difference and discrepancies are. But their lower desire spouse, uh, one of the big things they'll say on why sex does not happen that often, because even though they know when it happens, it's good, and they Mm -hmm. enjoy it, and it's satisfying, and it's pleasurable, uh, they just have a real hard time getting engaged in it, or getting it on the menu, or the to-do list, because they just are living in a distracted mind kind of a world, or there's just, they can't turn their mind off. Yeah. Of these, because I mean, you've seen this. I, I even read an article you wrote about yeah. this, right? So, yeah. yes. So, speak to this just real quick on this is a phenomenon that's happening. Mm-hmm. And how did you come across it? What's your take on it? And then let's kind of dive into helping our, our uh, make believe couple. Sure. So, I I would say I, I started. I developed an interest in this and the distracted mind because in my research on optimal sexual experiences, a big part of that is focus. And people who describe having these really profound sexual experiences talk about how everything else in their world seems to disappear and it's just them and their partner and they feel so enveloped in the experience, so fully embodied and so present. Um, And a lot of people struggle to even approximate that level of focus, you know, like that, what I just described sounds completely unattainable for a lot of couples. (laughs) And so, you know, and so I started thinking about why that may be. And I actually reached out to the first supervisor I ever had when I was just starting my career as a sex therapist. Her name was Ruth Sherman. And I reached out to her because at the time that I was starting, which was almost 15 years ago, she was retiring from the field. And so this was, you know, obviously we had cell phones and smartphones, but it wasn't at the level that we have now. I mean, social media was just starting to kind of become a thing. And 
And I reached out to her and I said, Dr. Sherman, do you, what do you remember about what your clients said in regards to their ability to focus during sex or feeling distracted by intrusive thoughts? And she said, you know, she, I wrote her an email and when we finally spoke about a week later, she said, you know, I've been giving this a lot of thought, Emily. And she said, of course, I had couples complain about maybe being orgasm watchers or, you know, they would have anxiety maybe about their ability to get an erection. But she said, I didn't have the kind of, um, you know, issue that you're describing that your clients have, which is where they just can't even get their head in the game at all, let alone worry about one component of the sexual experience. And so we talked more about that. And I think in large part, it is because we are multitasking constantly. (laughs) (laughs) We're multitasking constantly. And so, and we don't even realize that. Um, You know, and truthfully, our nervous systems haven't really caught up with the way we live our lives these days with this split attention that we have all day long. Um, And so, you know, as I started diving into the research on this, you know, just knowing there might be an interruption of a ping or a ding or a bleep on the phone, just knowing we might be interrupted by that is enough to split our attention. And productivity goes down. And I'm not just talking about sex, I'm talking about in every area of life. And I think there is very little we do these days that is just one thing at a time. You know, usually when we're driving home, we're listening to a podcast or, you know, when we're exercising, we're listening to an audio book or while we're watching our kids at soccer practice, we're checking a few emails. I mean, we're just constantly have split attention. How many of us actually sit down to a meal and just focus on the food? (laughs) It just doesn't happen that much anymore. Right. And so I started thinking, well, if no one is exercising that focused muscle throughout the day, it seems kind of like a far-fetched idea for them to be able to then suddenly focus, have that laser focus. Right. Right. Except for maybe the higher desire, because that's also something that they're working towards. That's part of the multitask agenda, even if you will. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess this might land differently for the lower desire partner, but I, I would guess there's still characteristics on both. Right. I think you're definitely less likely to focus if it's not something you're particularly interested in or if there's other things. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, Well, yeah, that's when it's easily displaced or or replaced by other things because it's like, oh, I know that that's, you know, you're seeing, and back to our couple, right? That they're they're home after their day and the the evening is unfolding uh, because you're in a a relationship that you probably Mm -hmm. have this dynamics too, that you can read the signals of, oh, you know what they're interested in. And mm-hmm. so you can either act like oh, I didn't see it or I'll play dumb or right. I'll change the subject quickly or I'll come up with a good move to shut yeah. all that down. Or I got to, right. car- I got to confront where am okay. I in this whole right. thing? Totally. Okay. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So as this so- is going then, cause, cause I, this is something that I, I agree. Um, it's been exacerbated for sure mm-hmm. with, with the wealth of ways we have noise and information and distraction coming in. Right. Because it's incredibly, you have to be incredibly intentional to, to stop that as oh, far yeah. as, you know, and almost look abnormal. Oh, <laughs> right. 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 I mean, people wonder why you haven't answered their email 
right away. I mean, God right. forbid, focus, you're focused on something else for work. Right. You know? Or even if you want to go even more extreme time. and you mm-hmm. pull out the old fashioned flip phone and people are like, yeah. what is that? You know, and, you, and you're immediately labeled as just yeah. an antiquated, way out of touch person. Mm. But so with this whole idea of I just I, I'm distracted. So if, if we took let's let's put this in stages then, Emily. Okay. Um, with a couple that where they realize sex matters and it's good for both of them. Mm-hmm. How, what are some ways some d- the distraction can be confronted to allow the transition into that aspect of their marriage? Because all of this, and I assume you're going to agree with me that this is an intentional transition. This, we don't just have sex by accident. Right, right. right. <laughs> there's a, there's I a decision. Like to believe it's this very passive, easy process. Right. No. Especially no. in marriage, you it's it's more about intention. Right. Okay. So so how what what's some thoughts that help people realize I can confront this aspect of my life, this phenomenon of the world I live in, to maybe enhance the possibilities better? Yeah. So I mean, with a lot of my couples, I start with educating them about why good sex is important. I mean, research shows that people who are sexually satisfied tend to feel their lives are more meaningful. They're happier overall. Their relationships are healthier. They have better mental health, physical health. It's it's good for us to be sexually fulfilled. And so I think just having an understanding and, and you don't hear about that as much. I mean, you can hear all day long about why a healthy diet and exercise is good for you, but there aren't as many people talking about why good sex is good for you. Right. So I think it's important to just start off with educating people about why it matters. Okay. Because when we recognize what some of the benefits are, then I think that helps drive the motivation to change, right? Sure. Um, So there's that. And then it's, I think, working with your partner to figure out what you need to help with focus, right? And recognizing that there may be some differences in your relationship. Um, Some people take longer to transition into a sexual state of Mm -hmm. mind. Other people, it's a little bit easier. But yeah, so I think women can sometimes have a little bit of a harder time making that transition, especially women who are mothers. And, you know, if they've got kids who are dependent, a little bit more dependent on them throughout the day, making that transition and, you know, from being a mother parenting to feeling um, sexually in touch with their partner can be a little bit more challenging. And so I think what's important to do is talk to your partner about what you think you might need to help ease that transition. Okay. Does it that, um, you know, on the nights that you're planning to be intimate, that one person takes over the bedtime routine so that you can take a bath and relax for a little while. Does okay. it mean, that, you know, it, it matters to you to have like freshly laundered sheets because having a, yep. you know, a nice made up bed is going to like help you feel relaxed. And so just identifying what you need in terms of your you know, what's going on with you individually, what's happening with you in, in your relationship with your partner, and then what's happening uh, more broadly in your environment. Right. And talking to your partner about that. And sometimes it can feel like, oh my gosh, the stars have to be aligned in order for you to focus during sex. But 
I say that sometimes it may start off feeling like that, mm-hmm. but as, as it gets easier and you do it a little bit more frequently, you'll, you'll find that it gets easier and easier every time to get into that headspace. Well, sure. And I think some of this is, is the same kind of c- concept that happens with the couples where the lower desire partner, it, it takes them a while to get going, but once they're into it, they're like, oh yeah, I, f- I yeah. forgot this is this. I really do like this. So this good. is a, this is a good thing. And it's just, because right. to us higher desires, we're sitting there wondering if it feels so good, how is it so difficult to get here all the time? Because right. it's just a different algorithm almost in the way we both are looking at what yeah. goes on. And so I like the idea of of just kind of how do I be more intentional? How do I be mm-hmm. more expressive of my partner? But I'm also curious because this is what you uh, mentioned and in, in what you wrote on this topic of what if you also kind of move into more sequential tasking in your day-to-day actions of life too, right. of, of just kind of, as I'm being a mom, yeah, be a mom, just be engaged yeah. in that, be fully Let's present as thing. you can. And then when you move to the next thing, yep. do that as best as you know, and, and maybe that helps us kind of categorize the aspects of our days so that, that I have more margin for transition in between them. Right. Exactly. And I think it's like any other muscle or practice that you're exercising. If you don't do only one thing ever throughout the day at any (laughs) given time, it's going to be hard to do that during sex. Right. Okay. So definitely I say, you know, whenever you're like, I'm making much more of an effort these days to just leave my phone at home. Sometimes when I go out to run some errands, I mean, a lot of people can't imagine doing that, but I, find that I'm a lot more efficient. I, you know, tend to feel calmer by the time I do get home. I can dedicate then the next half hour to go through emails and it just, it makes life easier when we're doing just one thing at a time. And you actually find that you get more done and that's what the research shows. Okay. Um, Back to your point too, about the transition and getting in the mood and experiencing desire, I think it's important to broaden our understanding of how people experience desire. So, you know, we have what a lot of people think of when they think of desire, which is this spontaneous feeling of desire that like, I'm horny, I want to have sex, like I'm in the mood, there it is, like, let's go, Right. right? But a lot of people feel what we describe more as responsive sexual desire, meaning that the desire to have sex comes in response to a little bit of arousal or some emotional attentiveness from your partner. And it's not until you kind of get going a little bit that then you're in the mood for sex, you know? And so a lot of people enter it from a little bit more of a neutral headspace and then, you know, find that, okay, now I can focus. And knowing that about yourself, I think is really important. And knowing that it's okay to feel like that right. in the beginning, giving yourself permission for that, not feeling bad about it. Right. That's important. That's an excellent point. So let's let's move this along the process of, okay. of, of they've now progressed because there's a lot of different things that couples can do to try to uh, honor this aspect of their relationship and dedicate more time and be more intentional. Date nights, scheduling sex, you know, just whatever it might be. There's a lot of different tools, mm-hmm. but there's still this element that we could bring this with us into the sexual encounter, right? To where mm-hmm. foreplay is starting and you both have kind of your body, your mind has made the decision. Let's go. We're making this happen. Uh, I'm, I'm making the space for it, but you just can't turn off your mind. Mm-hmm. And so it, obviously yeah. that's going to make it a lot more 
effort mm-hmm. to get involved, to get engaged. It's going to make the partner a lot more effort to get you involved and create the yeah. space to bring yeah. you along or, or be okay and adjust. Yeah. So what, what about then when it starts to get much more um, intimate, if you will, within yeah. the sexual encounter itself? So my first piece of advice is don't give up so easily. <laughs> So if we're looking at like the psychology of flow and optimal sexual experiences, right? Um, or just you know anything that any activity I should, rather that anyone's engaged in where they feel a flow state, that always begins with a struggle phase. Okay. Ah, so struggle yeah. is part of what makes this thing to the other it. side of it so such a good valued precisely, valued thing. Okay. Precisely. I mean, no one gets into a flow state from the second they get onto their surfboard, unless maybe miraculously like <laughs> the best wave comes or, or, you know, someone who's a rock climber. I mean, they're going to, it's going to take a minute for them to recalibrate and okay. get into the zone. But I think for some reason, and probably for Holly, because of Hollywood, yep. we think that the second we get under the sheets, it should feel like the rest of the world disappeared. Right. And that's just not how our minds work. So you have to be really patient with yourself and patient with your partner and get through the struggle phase because once you, you know, surpass Mm -hmm. that, then you can get, I think that level of focus that we've been talking about. Oh, that's so good. (laughs) No, that is so good because it's just, pulling out a dynamic that's just right there beneath the surface of people Mm -hmm. and just honoring it, acknowledging it, making it a normal, Hey, this is what happens this because it's so, it's so freeing. I think when we hear bits of information that are like, Oh, so nothing's necessarily wrong. Oh, okay. Now all of a sudden I got a whole different way in which I approach it in a whole different way. I can experience it, which then, opens up all kinds of avenues to learn yeah. about yourself and be more engaged and more involved. Right. Right. I mean, think of it, think of like a painter, for example. I mean, they're not getting into that slow, hyper-focused state the right. second they pull out the canvas. I mean, they're probably mixing paints, they're adjusting the color, <laughs> they're getting their supplies, material materials are ready. You know, all of that happens. There's right. a lot of preparation that goes into it okay. and patience because you know, it'll be worth it in the end. That's and and that's what we're hoping for with people that hear right. this. I know that's the that's what you hope for with your work uh, mm-hmm. and all that you've been doing because you've been putting out a lot of content lately. I've yeah. I've, I've followed along and and saw mm-hmm. it all. So, um, but if, if people want to find out more about you, Emily, um, yep. how can they find you? Sure. So um, probably the best way to stay up to date is by following me on social media. I'm on, um, you know, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook at Dr. Emily Jamia. That's Dr. Emily Jamia. Um, I recently started my own podcast. So definitely check that out. It's called Sex and Love with Dr. Emily Jamia. And you can download it anywhere podcasts are played. Um, and then I have an online workshop um, and a lot of online materials. So you can check that out by visiting emilyjamia.com. I just retitled my workshop, the five sex languages. So, um, so check that out. If you, you know, feel like you're struggling to reconnect emotionally and Mm -hmm. sexually, there's a lot of great tools there, like 50 exercises and book recommendations. That's so great. Emily, uh, thanks again for the time thus far. And I'm looking forward to pivoting into the next segment. Um, and just getting a woman's perspective on a topic that we've covered several times here at Sexy Marriage Radio, but 
it's always good to get a fellow female clinician and her take on something that happens to all kinds of couples. So thanks again. Thank you. It's such a privilege to have a lot of other people out there um, in the field that speak to the married life and the sex and the issues that we have Mm -hmm. um, in in a slightly different way or a completely different way. But still a common goal to get to something good. Everybody's in the path of of trying to just help people get better, get Mm -hmm. past the blocks, uh, be more engaged. And Emily's definitely doing that. Yep. Get out of our own way. Absolutely. And so it's such a a privilege to have people join us on the air. Mm -hmm. Um, I need to sit down and just go through a list of all the guests. Actually, Jessica's done that. Yeah. On the resources page Mm -hmm. uh, at smrnation.com. And so uh, it's, it's such a great time just to have dialogues with colleagues. Yeah. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. If we left something undone or you got questions and you want us to go a little bit of a different way or keep going with something, let us know, 214-702-9565 or feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. We'll see you next time.